talk is Jericho. Let's talk about when you became the champion. I'm not sure, sure I even know that story. How did you find out you were going to get it? Who'd you beat? Um, well, what had happened, Triple uh, uh, A started uh, because Conan wasn't happy with Paco. And uh, Antonio Pena, as you know, he started Triple A. Pena used to be the booker with Paco, Correct, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, so started Triple A, and, uh, and we had a tournament for the title. So I can't remember what one day, but I had a meeting with Paco. So I'm, I'm sitting in his office, and he just said, oh, and by the way, I'm planning to make you the champ. I said, really? So I know, I knew it was me and Rayo in the finals, right? The tournament? Yes. So I, I asked Paco, I said, well, does Rayo know this? And he says, no, he doesn't, and, and there's, no, there's nothing he can do. I said, I know there's nothing you can do. Because, <laughs> so, but, 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 but I lost re- respect for him that, that, that night because we had the, the match. Paco or Rayo? Uh, uh, for Rayo. Um, uh, for, for those of you who don't know, Rayo de Jalisco was a, a famously popular wrestler from Guadalajara. His father wrestled. He wrestled. and um, He was a junior. Right? I think his son, he's got another son, Hijo de Junior. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he, he, he just wouldn't do it clean in the middle. You know, and it was all, you know, uh, Grand Marcus was his, um, no, um, he had his second get involved. I'm like, brother, you can't do this clean. No, amigo, I, I have to stay strong here. And so, you know, ever since that day, you know, I, I just lost respect for him. Right, for right. Yeah. But you had a lot of heat, though, in Mexico as, oh, as the oh, champion. Oh, yeah. I, I was what stabbed. What did you do? Just stabbed? Stabbed. And every time I, uh, I got hurt, it was my fault because I was in the crowd. Um on two occasions, one time at the pizza, I was I, I was me- messing around in the crowd, uh, and, and Porky was there, and uh, and uh, he saved me. <laughs> and then Inez, a fan was trying to beat a fan, you. Yeah, uh, a, a fan. It, it was actually a woman that spat at me. I mean, a woman, and I was I was livid. She just went spit on. She spat at me, and and I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? And 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 Porky was there, and uh, um, you know he got got me out of there because you know people were getting close closer and they were throwing stuff. And then another time we were wrestling in a a, a baseball field in Neza. I'll never forget it. I threw him out of the ring, we're on the floor, and um, I'm bent over his opponent. I'm sorry, his par partner, right? Try, trying to pick him up or something, and I feel somebody hit me with a chair. But I look up, but Porky's standing in in front of me, so I know it's not not him. And uh, what what a great soul he is, man! Because he just jumped on me and he was hitting me. But every punch and strike, he was pushing me towards the locker room oh. because the fans were just they were just coming in and, and there's no security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's no security. Uh, another time, the stabbing, I I, I got stabbed um, once again out in the crowd. So for you youngsters, <laughs> you're a lot safer being in the ring <laughs> right. than especially uh, on indie shows because there's no security and or, or drinking and or limited security. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm out there and I'm tussling with with some, with somebody. It wasn't a knife, it was a pencil. Ouch. A pencil which I still have have, have the scar. You can see, yeah. I don't know what size is that? I'm not going to remember <laughs> now. There's a scar right yeah. there. Yeah. 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 And um um Got jabbed, immediately turned around, didn't know who it was, and got back into the ring and just stayed there <laughs> because it's just just rough. <clears throat> and amazing, too, like I'm thinking back, no team doctor for when I can remember, no, no trainer, no, really. No, Sindicato. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cindy Carter, you got a limb hanging off. <laughs> well, Cindy Carter can see your week this Thursday. <laughs> Make an appointment. <laughs> well, it reminds me for some reason for about Senior Banalis. Oh God, yeah. Yo, what a sweetheart he was. He, he was. Uh, uh, this this was an old time wrestler who. Um, he, he stayed in the business mainly because he spoke English mm-hmm. and uh, uh, tough guy in his day, you know, little short, stocky guy and um, just a funny, funny guy. I, I would I would always challenge him, you know, just, just messing around yeah. the lot, locker room. And he said he would tell me, hey, we can do it here or we can do it upstairs. <laughs> if we do it here, it won't be the same thing. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> I remember he told me one time, you know what the problem is with this company? I said, what? He goes, too many foreigners. <laughs> yeah. I remember him be- being on the phone once and, and um, Norman the lunatic. lunatic yeah. um, Mike Shaw. Mike Shaw was there. So, so yeah, so so I wasn't actually in the office. I was outside the office and uh, uh, Pistol Pez Watley had called. So um, uh, he's talking to Adolfo and um, he keeps referring to him as, as, as Ted Bailey. <laughs> okay, Tez. Okay, Tez Bailey. Okay, just, just <laughs> send the pictures. <laughs> okay, just send the pictures. <laughs> Mike Shaw's like, no wonder nobody can get booked here. You can't get the names. <laughs> so many characters oh, like that, though. Like, uh, remember the uh, Rangel, the referee? Robert? Oh, Rangel. He was... He was um, he was one of the, 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 the most popular referees of all time because he used to ref like El Santos matches and, and Atlantis. I mean, all the way until the end of his life. And um, he, he would mess with me. He'd stick his finger in my ear or, or pull my mustache and then he'd run and hide behind Haku. <laughs> and he challenged me, come on, baby, come on. Yeah, he spoke like, come on, baby. Come on, baby, come on. L- last night, how many women do you have? And then he'd make like a like a sex motion for three women. It's like one girl, two girl, three girl, like pumping his skinny little hips. I remember one time, he like, shut up, you bag of bones, yeah. you're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, he was he was he was hilarious. I actually have him film because what? Because once in a while, I'll, I'll watch some some of the old matches. He used to film some stuff. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about that later, <laughs> a lot later. <laughs> He wouldn't take crap from anybody. I mean, it doesn't. You, you were a young guy, big guy, over, you know, top guy. And uh, there, there was a match. It was me and I forgot who else, but Rayo was in the match. And now Rayo de Jalisco was always like a top face. And Rayo tried to tackle him and pull him down. And we come back from commercial break, and you just see Rangel taking a, a swing at him with a kick. <laughs> He didn't care. <laughs> he, he, you know, he didn't care. He, he there was, was some great, great performers in Mexico. Oh, yeah. That people would, like, might be a little bit misinformed about Lucha Libre because you said it is very fast, but yeah. so there's some guys there. Solid guys. Was... Wagner, Silver King Tejano, Dandy, Blue Panther. Negro. Ne- Negro Casas. Um, I put him up there with Ric Flair. I agree. Har- Harley Race, Bret-, Bret Hart. I mean, here's a guy that I was his partner for about a year, and I would stand on the apron and just be fascinated with, with what he would do and how he would do it and how he would think. Mm. And I would get to just get caught up in just what, watching him, and he'd say, magic, and then, and then when he was shooting with me, he'd say, smiley! I said, okay, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Hold him down! I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but he was just incredible, incredible. And I remember you saying... Uh, in World Championship Wrestling when 
we wanted to bring, bring, bring him in. I think Eric Bischoff at the time says, we've got 15 Mexicans here already. And you said, you don't understand. This guy's completely different. This is Negro Casas. Mm -hmm. He's just, I've seen him make people cry, make them laugh. I mean, he's just amazing. And, and when you look at him, he looks like nothing. Yeah, he's just a normal, nothing, just, you small know, guy, yeah, no body. Nothing, nothing, you know what I mean? And he's still work, working and at a top level. He's still good. He's still I saw good. Matt Shedd last year. He's 10 years older than me, so he would have been 54, 55 at yeah, the time. Yeah. And he tore it up. He's amazing. He know? was, he was, um, he, I, I, I learned so much from, from him because uh, uh, he was generous. He would give me rights here and there. And like we all do as young young kids, you know, we have a match and the match is bad, and we're like, "Damn, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do this?" And damn, I, God, I feel so bad. And why? And I just Smiley, shut up, <laughs> shut up. Don't worry. Tomorrow you have another match. Forget about it. And he was right. Yeah. And we have you know students here. Um, he gave me that exact same advice, by the way. Exactly. And they go through the same. Oh, I should have done this. I said, first of all, you've been here six months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're gonna make mistakes, right? And guess what? You're gonna make a lot more mistakes. And there's no wrestler on the planet that will tell you that they've had a perfect match. Mm -hmm. So we all look look back because we all have egos. You know, say, oh, I could have done that better. I should have held on a little longer. I shouldn't have let go. I should have punched him hard or bigger. So. Yeah, Negro Casas. Uh, okay, Smiley. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In fact, in fact, uh, his family heavy metal. Falino. Falino yeah, and Tropic Casas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his dad. And, and they're all still around and active. Felino is the Tony, the Tony the Tiger. Tony costume. the Tiger. Yeah. I remember we would go to because uh, Negro worked in the office as well. Yeah. But there would always be like a lineup of people to to see Paco. Yeah. And go straight in. Okay, <laughs> <the> fame. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have, like a back room he of did. stairs? Or? Yeah, he did. He, he actually had like, um, it was almost like a stairwell. It was like a cellar. So you will go up through the front door, speak to Lupita. Hi, Lupita. Como estas, Chris? Oh, man. Paco? Yeah, in 10 minutes. So you sit there. You're thinking, okay, I'm sitting right here. He can't pass me. <laughs> then two hours later, she tells you, oh, he's gone. <laughs> Where do you go? <laughs> you know what I mean? He had, but he had his kayfabe stairs at the back. He would just leave, yeah. He would just leave, yeah. Would just leave. <laughs> I wouldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> they just show up at Arena Mexico just tanked. Yeah. Tell you how great you were. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about a mutual friend of ours in Mexico uh, that people don't know a lot about. And he made us laugh a lot. They're talking about Art Bar, Love Machine. Everyone knows Eddie Guerrero's legacy, uh, but Art was uh, actually he was better than Eddie at the time. I think everybody would agree with that. Art actually taught Eddie a lot about charisma and personality uh, and such a shame they both passed away so young I miss both of them a lot but I want to tell people about Art Bar and before we share some of those funny stories sad stories I want to give a quick word of thanks to one of the sponsors who's making it possible for me to do this podcast twice a week for free for you and that's Bowl and Branch All right, getting a great night's sleep is easier and more affordable than you think you don't need an expensive new mattress you don't need sleeping pills you just need to change them sheets man and that's where Bowl and Branch comes in Bowl and Branch sheets are made from 100% organic cotton which means they're super soft to start with and they get even softer over time and you're buying them directly from bowl and branch so you're basically paying wholesale prices for these super soft luxurious sheets and we all know how expensive luxury sheets can be i've seen them for as much as a thousand bucks in the stores that's so expensive but bowl and branch sheets just a couple hundred bucks, all right? And here's the better part. Shipping is free when you order. And even better, you can try these sheets in your home on your own bed for 30 nights. And if you don't love them, you can send them back for a full refund. 
no strings attached. But trust me, you're going to love these sheets. And if you order them now at bowlandbranch.com and use the promo code Jericho, you're going to get 50 bucks off your first set of sheets. So go to bowlandbranch.com, use the promo code Jericho. You'll save $50 on your first set of these amazing sheets. That's bowlandbranch.com. Use the promo code Jericho. Sleep like a baby in the most comfortable, softest sheets you're ever going to get in your entire life. Talking about bowlandbranch.com with the promo code Jericho. Save that money and get that sleep talk is talk is talk is jericho let's talk about a mutual friend of ours sure. that, that um that a lot of people don't know a lot about about our art bar our bar I yeah. mean, everyone knows the legacy of eddie guerrero how yeah. great eddie was yeah. you know uh passed away early so did art yeah art was the guy that was art better than eddie at the time yeah yeah art art was uh art was uh second generation uh his brother jesse also wrestled and art was just a character art was once again mexico was a great learning experience just just meet, meeting guys you know like yourself and art bar and haku eddie guerrero uh and, and, ju- and just seeing how they thought about things how they approach things and art was art I, I think art was one of those like uh last of the carnies because if he could work he'd work work you <laughs> and um Great work, worker in the ring. Loved to put himself over. <laughs> oh, brother! brother. <laughs> that, that was there was fifteen thousand people there. Really? That's arena only holds eight. <laughs> no, the rest of them bought tickets just to listen. <laughs> Remember you say stuff like that with the chewing tobacco. With the chewing, chewing tobacco. With a completely straight face. <laughs> no, brother, you don't understand. <laughs> the little hanging from the rafters. Yeah, he was. Um, he was a great, great guy, and um, imagine the pandemonium that we call living in the Plaza Madrid. It was me, you, him, Vamp, uh, Tonga, Tonga, uh, Mondo. I think Hector was there. Chavo for a while. Ch- Chavo, Miguel Perez, Miguel Perez. That night we went out bowling together. Um, so- Halcyon bowling. <laughs> <laughs> I talked with Tonga about that last night. He remembers? Oh, yeah. I told him I remember him just throwing an overhand Over, bowling ball. We're like, Haku, don't hit us. Throw it that way. <laughs> like, and you, next time you go bowling, try and pick it up because you're going to throw it over your shoulder. Just <laughs> Yeah. He, uh, um, so Art was a guy that, um, you know, he, he had his issues. And um, but back then, especially to me, it was so it was so much of a novelty because I was never experienced to that. You know, um, being trained by Malenko, then spending time in Japan. You, you know, the whole concept was you get to the ring and you the, the arena, and you do your squats and you stretch and you do all this stuff. Whereas, you know, you, you went there and now you see something that was totally opposite. Guys smoking in the locker room and and drinking and then um and then art came and then he had his you know uh his his weakness once again we were all rock stars at that time yeah. whatever it was you're into yeah. you could get it at the, yeah. at the yeah. blink of an eye yeah so i i just didn't like what i saw what it did to, to him i i think it was you and i that went to his, his place one, one night and he was just zonked out of his mind chewing tobacco all over his shirt yeah. just stumbling around and and I think I think his greeting was, "You two bastards don't have a home to go to," <laughs> because we went there late, knocking on his door. <laughs> yeah, looking for something to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're watching tapes. Yeah, and and I remember um, 
seeing him for for the last time because I think I think you had moved out and he he had lent you his key to his no, suite. No, I I had a smaller room. Smaller room, but he had, but yeah. he had a suite. Yeah, and the reason and just to, to go back to yeah. what we said earlier, you told me to ask to stay at the plaza because it was a nice place. Yes, yeah. But Art and Eddie had. And then I had a suite too. Yeah, a suite too. Yeah, two oh, floors. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I had the jobber room. You guys had the suite. So we went. So he 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 went to where Portland, Portland. and gave me a key and said yeah. if you ever want to come yeah. watch movies, yeah. which he had never done before. Yeah, it was ever. just so strange. It was just so strange and surreal because I remember being there and he's just out cold and and, and you and I are watching tapes and we're you know drinking and just having an art just you know just slouching the couch just out of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then uncharacteristic of him said to me Norman is there anything that you want back from the States because he was going home for Thanksgiving and uh, I said as a joke bring me back a pumpkin pie and he looked at me and he goes okay and never saw him again it was um, I, I think I had moved out and I was living in a uh, in my apartment at the time and then I got a phone call from Conan and uh, and Conan told me he was dead I said and, it, and it's, it's weird because as human beings we always say well I just saw him last week well it only takes a second to die right right right, <laughs> you know right, right. I said what do you mean what do you mean and um, yeah he's dead and I said how well you know they don't know and the speculation of this and that and I was like oh my god and so then I called um, I, I called Vamp he, he was an Acapulco at the time it was a Wednesday because we did Acapulco on a wet Wednesday night and and called him I don't know where you were I was at the plaza the plaza okay yeah and we didn't we go into his room well but you called me too yeah okay okay yeah and this was the first time that I'd ever had you know you have your grandparents die yeah. or whatever but it was the first time I'd ever experienced real death yeah and I remember when you called me I just I fell on the floor like yeah. I couldn't believe it yeah I'll it never was... forget you saying art's dead yeah saying like what yeah you yes, know? I, you know what? Now I recall call that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah so, it and then was, we did go to his room. Yeah, you know, just to hang out in there and and yeah, you know. But um, it was sad, and uh, it's, it's just a shame. I think oh, over the course of the our careers, I'm not saying that that our our hearts become hardened to it, but but we've lost so many friends. Yeah, so many coworkers that you know maybe you weren't their the best friend, but you've you've crossed paths with them. Yeah, over the years and. Uh, it's just sad. It's just sad. Uh, um, I o- always think of um, the person who has to make the phone call to the parents, mm-hmm. or to the son, or mm-hmm. to the ch- children. I mean, you know, you know, your son passed away in a hotel room. How isn't it weird too? Is how uh, how you had the same experience that I had? Something very uncharacteristic. Yeah. Like him giving me the key to his room, yes, yeah. which he had never done. Just, yeah. And him asking you if you wanted yeah, back. Yeah. I almost wondered. Did he did he know? Did he, because, deep down inside. It, it, it no. was it was weird because like, like I said, Art was a worker. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would uh, he would invite me to go out to eat, and uh, and we'd go to the La Zona Rosa, right? It's a big party, yeah, big bars party, and yeah, bars and re- re- restaurant, and you know, we'd eat and drink and everything, and then uh, the check would come. Oh, I forgot my wallet. My Art, come on. <laughs> <laughs> or or his other one was I only have. Dollars. I don't have pesos. I said, "Well, I take dollars here too." <laughs> no, but the exchange rate's real bad. <laughs> you know. So. T- to me, when Art died, that was that was the end of, of Mexico for me. Yeah, yeah, I stayed a little longer, but yeah, the vibe changed. Yeah, Re- reality kind of hit, changed, yeah. and also the peso. The peso dropped, died like about dro- two weeks later. Dropped. Yes, it huge. Dropped. It dropped. I had money in the bank, and uh, it dropped. And somebody told me, "Oh." Don't worry about it. It'll just last a couple of weeks, and you know it'll, it'll go back up. 
Well, that was 22 years ago. <laughs> it's still it's, the same. It went from, um, it was like, I'll get this wrong at first, but it was three dollars or like three to one for three yeah so if you had a thousand pesos yeah that would be 333 dollars yeah yeah then it switched to seven to one yeah so if you got a thousand pesos it'd be like 150 bucks yeah, yeah. It, it was horrible and i remember paco saying like there's nothing i can do i can't pay you more Ex- money exactly it's the same amount of pesos i had the same conversation with, with, with yeah. him and at that, that time that time was uh it was the end of 94 mm-hmm. in fact you and i were in um acapulco Remember we did that interview together? Right. Yeah, yeah. Which I still have. I, you do? I, I gave you a copy, right? I'm not sure. I'd like I to have see it. it. I have it. Yeah, it's, f- it's funny because we speak like 18 words of Spanish between us. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, and this, and this, and this, uh, and this interviewer, he's doing his best to stretch this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> and we're trying, but we don't know the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Condo Luchas. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was it was at the end of 1994. I had been there for four years or four and a half years because I actually went went back later on for promo Azteca, and um, there was no money. The houses were going down, uh, and I was miserable. I was miserable, and I remember doing a hair match with La Fiera. This is where you have a a match, and and the wage or the bet is whoever loses the match gets their hair shaved so um i ended up do- doing that in december of 94 which marked the end of the season because in, in mexico which I, right. I still think it happens right that that they have a season the, the ice ice, the ice comes to ring. town or yeah. something yeah so they close the arena mexico for three months yeah yeah so um uh, and and then the houses on that were usually huge but uh even on that night it was just it was nothing there there was nobody there it was like a third full and um and I was just tired, and it's strange. I'm not sure if you've ever experienced this. I was so concerned about getting hurt. Mm. I was just—it's like every day I would—I would have these matches, and 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 sometimes you're in there with with, with guys who can go, and you want to accommodate them, you know, Tano, Silver yeah, King, Wagner, those guys, Gandhi, yeah. and uh, and they want to do this, and they, okay, second oh, second fall, this, oh my god! But I was just—I was just—I just had this thing in my head that I was going to get hurt, you know. I mean, seriously hurt. Because because my heart wasn't in it, so I I just decided to uh, leave. But um, yeah. but uh, uh, Mexico was great. Yeah, like I said, at the time we were there, it was a boom. Yeah, and and I always Sean Morley came through. See, I was gone at that point. Yeah, like you know, to me, right after because I think I, I lasted for another maybe year, but yeah. less time. Yeah, because my last time was about ninety five. Yeah, and um, like you said, it's just like the kind of the 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 vibe had changed. Yeah, but yeah. you you experienced the whole second birth in WCW. Yeah, with I was lucky there too. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and um and uh and when I say that or when you say that I experienced it, I just happened to be at, at the right place at the right right time. Because they were bringing in so many guys. Yeah, and once again, you know. You mentioned Chris Adams. Well, he was there. Yeah. I mean, this guy Chris Adams was Smiley there. comes in, yeah. which is, yeah. it was great. Yeah. And you're just another guy on the roster for that a while. Was, that, was, um, that was an experience in itself. It was uh, to watch Vampiro and Conan grow, grow up and become like Elvis. I mean, literally, uh, girls chasing them and, and, and being in a car with Vampiro and the fans are rocking it back and forth. And I'm scared for my life that, that they're going to tip this car over and then go into World Championship Wrestling and, and witnessing the Goldberg thing and uh, in a hall and Nash coming NWO, in. NWO. Yeah. NWO. And just, just everything 
everything just just magnified by 10 you know the houses and and uh and we were working in domes, remember? Like the yeah. San Antonio Dome, the Georgia Dome. six nitros in a row in domes. In domes, yeah. in domes. And St. Louis. It was, it was just ridiculous. So in the beginning, I would only come in for the uh, the shows that, that we would do here in Orlando. Mm. At, at two weeks every three at, months. Universal. Worldwide. Yeah, two weeks every three months. So this is a shout out to my friend, Billy Kidman, who once said to me, and he totally confused me, he said to me in front of, of, of some of the boys in, in the locker room, he says, who makes the most money here in this car company? And I'm thinking to myself, who makes the most money? I'm, I'm thinking, you know, who knows, you know, Sting, you know? And he goes, no, Norman Smiley and Sting, because Smiley only works once every three weeks, every three months, sorry, because <laughs> he's in Mexico doing absolutely nothing in pain. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you break out of the pack to become like the screaming smiley and the wiggle and all that? You stuff? know what's strange was that I, I was there and and I felt that I was a good hand, right? And, and I would have my matches and everything, but but nobody could care less. Mm -hmm. And um, and I remember talking to guys like Conan and uh, and Scott Hall, and saying, "Man, just be yourself," you know. And um, I remember I was watching the Martin Lawrence show once. And Martin Lawrence was talking to a fr friend of his, and he was saying how he was going to take this girl out, you know, for a date. And he emotion like, you know, the wiggle, the wig wiggle thing, kind of like spank, spanking, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, so I chuckled at it. So I thought to myself, wow, if I'm chuckling at this, and it's really not that funny, but it was different. Um, let me try it. So I, I, I was working with with with, so with somebody, and I slammed him. I said, stay down. And I just stood in front of the hard cam and I just said, bang, 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 bang. And placement notes, I think it was Nick Patrick was, was the referee. I saw him laughing at me and he turned away. <laughs> it's like, so afterwards, um, Terry Taylor, who, who was an agent there and is also now a tra trainer here at the PC, um, cornered me afterwards. Uh, he says, what were you doing out there? And I said, the first thing that came into my mind, I was riding a horse, <laughs> you know? So he said, uh, whatever it was, keep doing it, it's hilarious. Hmm. So then I learned to how to uh, incorporate it like physically in matches. I, I worked with uh, with uh, Chavo Jr. once, and one time he gave me a, it was like a spot, boom, 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 right in, in into the uh, the wheelbarrow. So in, instead of him, you know, jump, jumping up and giving me a bulldog, I just held him there. So he's in a pusher position while having his legs wrapped around my waist. <laughs> I, I think I think we we were in Ch Charleston, and the place went nuts. I mean, it was a, a bam, bow, 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 and, and Arn loved it. And Arn actually laughed, and Arn never laughed. Yeah, never. <laughs> yeah, never. He never smiles. You know. Damn, smiling. <laughs> that big wheel's funny. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and then um, uh, when Russo and Ferrara came in, um, I was honored that they even knew who I was. So they requested to have a meeting, and, and they sat, sat me down, and they pitched this whole idea about me thinking I was the toughest guy in the world and, and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then they mentioned the dreaded word, the hardcore division. So um, at the beginning of the meeting, I was sitting upright, but as the meeting progressed, I'm just slouching down, right? <laughs> So, so Vince is saying, Vince Russo is saying, and Norman, you know, to top it off, we're going to dress you up in like football gear and hockey gear and this and that. Now I'm looking around for the camera. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, being punked. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. And this is what's going to make it successful. 
when you get hit, we want you to scream like a girl. I said, really? He said, yeah, trust me, it'll work. And Ed was there, and Ed's just shaking his head up and down vigorously. Yeah, it'll work, it'll work, it'll work. I'm like, oh, my God. So if you consider wrestling to be classical mu music, I think that I was classically trained by Dean Malenko and Joe and the father and everything and, and, and Gotch. So now I'm taking all this this wrestling ability and throwing it out of the w w window and standing there with headgear on, which I needed with knobs, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, and just throwing tables at each other and chairs and everything. And it was at the Target Center in Minneapolis. And once again, it was a tournament. And it was it was who, who was going to be decided to go on to the finals at the pay-per-view, which was called um, Mayhem in Toronto, Canada, November of 1999. Certain things I still remember. Yeah. And, uh, we're, and we're at the Target Center. And um, I'm wrestling Haku and Barb. Okay, and and they're working me around and everything, and I'm screaming. And I remember Haku leaning over and saying to me, "Brother, you over now? You over?" And he put 14 stitches in my back. <laughs> it's like Jaws. Yeah, I mean, right <laughs> yeah, here, right yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, he put 14 stitches in my back with a chair. Wow. With, and and <laughs> and believe me, his his intentions was not bad at all. In fact, yeah. in fact, he was extremely apologetic afterwards and. Uh, yeah, the, the the hardcore thing was a complete fluke, fluke to me. I was I was happy to have it because this is a job, right? Um, it's not all the time that that you have a, a regular nine to five that your boss is going to require you to do do something that you're going to like that task mm -hmm. and embrace it. You know, Norman, go and clean the toilets. Mm -hmm. You got to clean the toilets. Yeah. You know what I mean? But working in that division um, exposed me to work, working with, with with an idol with. Terry Funk, which was just you know, <laughs> and it's, it's so strange because up until that point, I think I was I, I was working for about fifteen years, you know, Mexico and Japan and here and there. So I was seasoned, and um, and I just remember be, being in the back with Terry and him saying, "Okay, we'll do this, and maybe we we'll do this." Okay, you got that, Sonny? Yes, Mr. Funk. And I get in the ring, and the bell rings, and I just swallow. So, oh my God, that's Terry Funk over there. <laughs> He's I mean, kill me. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I was nervous. But once you're locked up and you've been moved around, you know. But yeah. but 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 he was just he was ahead of his time too. Mm -hmm. uh, with just, I recall watching him live uh, as a 15 year old kid at the Miami Beach Convention Center against Dusty and Steve Kern and Barry Windham, and uh, even then he was extremely unorthodox he'd throw chairs and take those weird bumps and yeah. swing at the fans and everything and it just seemed like in the blink of an eye you know 20 years later he's doing the same thing but now he's doing it towards me yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. but but what a nice man he's yeah. just a great great guy a legend uh, old school mm -hmm. and uh, has a ton of passion for the big business and um, a guy a guy that I, I looked up to as as a fan got to meet him and looked up and admired him even more which mm. is not the case with, with a lot of people that's true that's true <laughs> getting uh just getting ready to wrap up yeah uh, what, two more last questions if you had to pick one match that stands out as your favorite match you've ever had oof uh it'd be tough there, there was there was uh my first one in japan because i was so nervous it was a different style and, and so and so on and so, so forth it was a guy called kazio yamazaki it was mm. june of 1988 <laughs> And then I had a match one time in Winnipeg. I, I think you were on the card. It was a hardcore match. It was uh, Nobbs, uh, Jerry Toot, and Fit. Uh -huh. And we laughed. So, I mean, it's, it, 
I'm surprised we didn't get fired that night. It was just it was just <laughs> hilarious. And then another time in Mexico, it was outside of Rina and it was raining and the canvas was a plastic can canvas. And and back then, which I still still do now, I, I used to wear my shooter boots and I was determined not to get, get them wet. Well, within five minutes, I soaked. <laughs> so I just went, I'm doing the breast drop down and I'm breaststroking. And, just embrace uh, it. I, Oh yeah, just you know, just splashing around, and 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 I remember the referee coming up to me and said, "Magic, you you, you got to take this serious." I'm like, "We're in a we're in a swimming pool. <laughs> There's four inches of water on the mat, and there's a big hole in the middle." <laughs> so 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 it was uh it was it, it was hard to say. You know, one one of my first matches with with uh, Joe Malenko, uh, Dean's older yeah. brother, who's well accomplished. And um, six months in the business, so he's got me against the ropes, and uh, he says to me, "Rocket," and I'm like, "Ah!" And he, and he and he just slaps me, he just just slaps me. I was, "Oh God, I messed that spot up." So, you know, we have the match and everything, and um, you know, everything goes well, and we get in the back, and uh, says, "Joe, thank thank you," because for those of you who don't know, Joe's the re real deal. He yeah. was he was Carl Gotch's top student ne next to. Uh, uh, a kid from Japan called Minoru Suzuki, Suzuki who's still yeah, going, yeah. who's an animal. Yeah, had to fight him off of me for twenty minutes. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I said, Joe, thanks for the match and everything. I said, uh, Joe, uh, just one thing. Your dad never taught me that rocket spot. What? What is that spot? He goes, I didn't say rocket. I said block it. <laughs> <laughs> so every time he sees me, he calls a hey, rocket. <laughs> 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 yeah, you mentioned before uh, some of your students that have made it to the top in yes. Roman Reigns and, yes. and Corbin. Which prospects are here in this in the in the? Ooh, we we we've got a lot of guys. Uh, the tag team division is deep. Uh, American Alpha Revival. The Divas are deep, or the Ladies are deep. Mm -hmm. um, Sasha Banks has gone up. Bailey, Carmella, Oscar. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome just too, it's yeah. just so much talent here. She was trained by actually Ujiwara. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and uh, I've I've rolled around the the ring with her a little bit and just okay, that's enough. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so and and uh, and having Nakamura here, um, he's something I, else. I, I think I think once in a while you come across a performer and he just has that it for fat factor mm -hmm. you know he doesn't have the greatest body mm -hmm. you know um he doesn't do a lot of things but he's captivating to watch mm -hmm. and um um a very cool guy and uh, i predict he's going to be a huge star yeah. huge huge star um when kenta gets back healthy you know his his he has to, a yeah. ton of potential mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's well, it's, it's great to see that you're doing so well here, and you yep. deserve it, man. Like I said, no one ever said a bad word about you. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> last, uh, last question. Cuando luchas, Mike? Cuando luchas. Thanks to Norman Smiley, Black Magic, for all the great laughs and stories. His laugh is actually infectious. And thanks for giving us a real behind-the-scenes look at the NXT Performance Center. The place is unreal. Give you everything you need to succeed in pro wrestling, including great trainers and instructors like Norman with a wealth of experience. Uh, such a great personal guy. Everyone loves him now, especially the I know the, the ladies love Norman because he's super charming. All right, But big thanks to Norman and thanks to all of you who are supporting Talk is Jericho by doing your online shopping through my Amazon links. You can find my Amazon links at podcast one.com uh, you can find them all there uh, just click on the killer deals button on the top right corner of the page then hit the talk is jericho button i got them links for the usa uk canada a every time you use the talk is jericho amazon links the amazon kicks back a small percentage of the show to help us cover production costs 
buy anything you can think of on Amazon. No extra fees or hidden charges. Once again, podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. And hit the Talk is Jericho button. You'll also find all my great sponsors on there as well. DDPyoga.com slash Jericho. Get 25% off all DDPY merch. And when you buy a max pack or a combo pack, you get a second one for 50% off the price that's already 25% off. Don't forget Loot Crate. Sign up for the WWE Slam Crate now at LootCrate.com slash talk. Use the promo code talk to get $3 off your order. So much fun to get those Loot Crates and find out what's inside. Every month is a different, uh, different selection of products, t-shirts, dolls, figures coloring books uh everything you can think of is all in there it's a it's a it's a fun it's a fun it's a fun present to give to anybody who loves the wwe then there's nature box go to naturebox.com slash jericho to get 50 percent off your first order the best most nutritious snacks you can have bowl and branch go to bowl use the promo code jericho you get 50 bucks off your first set of the softest uh, comfiest sheets you're ever going to have then there's geico true car all those great sponsors here, and please go check them out. And don't forget to check out on March 15, 2017. It's the biggest podcast ever. When Mick Foley joins Talk is Jericho, the countdown rolls on just 67 days and counting. We've been talking about this for a year. And speaking of big podcasts, Beyond the Darkness, the latest addition to the Jericho Network and Podcast One, is a blockbuster hit right out of the gates. The first two episodes were all about the super creepy black-eyed kids, and the episode that just came out Monday is an investigation into the sinister shadow people. Dave Schrader and Tim Dennis have a couple great guests on to talk about these things, the shadow people. You want the lights on for this one, go check it out hit subscribe at itunes if you haven't already leave beyond the darkness a five-star rating and review and hit subscribe for all the jericho network shows when you got when you're out there We've got the hilarious Team Tiger Awesome show, Pop Culture Humor at its Finest, with Monday Truly Engage. New episodes are out every Sunday. They did a great Christmas episode this past Sunday, The Battle of Christmas Icons, No One's Off Limits, Santa Claus, The Grinch, John McClane from Die Hard. Check it out. It was very funny. I was laughing my behind off. And those Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus dropping on Tuesday. Get your PhD in wrestling with two of the most brilliant minds in pro wrestling. Great discussion of today's biz. Tell fantastic stories from the days working together all over the world in ECW. Uh, Shane Douglas from ECW was their guest the last couple weeks. Always a, always an outspoken guy. And then, of course, the flagship show, the hugest hit on uh, the Jericho Network, Keeping It 100 with Conan every Thursday. Disco Inferno, Conan, KG bringing the opinions, the funny, the feuds. Uh, they had some great, great talk about uh, the presidential election and from Chael Sonnen as well. So check all that stuff out, and thank you so much for listening. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next. And this Friday... Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Cheap Trick is going to be here. Uh, the founder, guitar player, songwriter Rick Nielsen and his son and the new drummer of Cheap Trick, Dax, will be here talking about all things Cheap Trick, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, John Lennon, what it's like being in a band with your dad, the dream police, I want you to want me. Your mama's all right, your daddy's all right. He just seems a little bit weird. Yeah, boy. Said, yeah, boy. And don't give yourself a yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. All right, we'll see you next Friday for Cheap Trick right here on Talk is Jericho. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. On the next Beyond the Darkness, Rosemary Ellen Guiley and Heidi Hollis join us as we examine some sinister intentions. Invasion of the Shadow People. The new episode is available starting January 2nd on the Jericho Network on the Podcast One app or subscribe at iTunes or podcastone.com. 
talk is Jericho. Let's talk about when you became the champion. I'm not sure, sure I even know that story. How did you find out you were going to get it? Who'd you beat? Um, well, what had happened, Triple uh, uh, A started uh, because Conan wasn't happy with Paco. And uh, Antonio Pena, as you know, he started Triple A. Pena used to be the booker with Paco, Correct, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, so started Triple A, and, uh, and we had a tournament for the title. So I can't remember what one day, but I had a meeting with Pop Paco. So I'm, I'm sitting in his office and he just said, oh, um, by the way, I'm planning to make you the champ. I said, really? So I know, I knew it was me and Rayo in the finals, right? Tournament? Yes. So I, I asked Paco, I said, well, does Rayo know this? And he says, no, he doesn't. And, and there's, no, there's nothing he can do. I said, I know there's nothing you can do. Because, <laughs> so, but, 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 but I lost re- respect for him that, that, that night because we had the, the match. Paco or Rayo? Uh, uh, for Rayo. Um, uh, for, for those of you who don't know, Rayo de Jalisco was a, a famously popular wrestler from Guadalajara. His father wrestled. He wrestled. and um, He was I, a junior. Right? I think his son, he's got another son, Hijo de Junior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he, 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 he just wouldn't do it clean in the middle. You know, and it was all, you know, uh, Grand Marcus was his, um, no, um, he had his second get involved. I'm like, brother, you can't do this clean. No, amigo, I, I have to stay strong here. And so, you know, ever since that day, you know, I, I just lost respect for him. Right, for right. Yeah. But you had a lot of heat, though, in Mexico as, oh, as the oh, champion. Oh, yeah. I, I was what stabbed. What did you do? Just stabbed? Stabbed. And every time I, uh, I got hurt, it was my fault because I was in the crowd. Um on two occasions, one time at the pizza, I was I, I was me- messing around in the crowd, uh, and, and Porky was there, and uh, and uh, he saved me. <laughs> and then Inez, a fan was trying to beat a fan, you. Yeah, uh, a, a fan. It, it was actually a woman that spat at me. I mean, a woman, and I was I was livid. She just went. She spat at me, and and I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? And, and and Porky was there, and uh, um, you know he got got me out of there because you know people were getting close closer and they were throwing stuff. And then another time we were wrestling in a a, a baseball field in Neza. I'll never forget it. I threw him out of the ring, we're on the floor, and um, I'm bent over his opponent. I'm sorry, his par partner, right? Try, trying to pick him up or something, and I feel somebody hit me with a chair. But I look up, but Porky's standing in in front of me, so I know it's not not him. And uh, what what a great soul he is, man! Because he just jumped on me and he was hitting me. But every punch and strike, he was pushing me towards the locker room oh. because the fans were just they were just coming in and, and there's no security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no security. Uh, another time, the stabbing, I I, I got stabbed um, once again out in the crowd. So for you youngsters, <laughs> you're a lot safer being in the ring <laughs> right. than especially uh, on indie shows because there's no security and or, or, drinking and or limited security. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm out there and I'm tussling with with, some, with somebody. It wasn't a knife, it was a pencil. Ouch. A pencil. Which I still have, have, have the scar. You can see, yeah. I, I know, what size is that? I don't remember now. <laughs> there's a scar right yeah, there. Yeah. 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 And, um, um, Got jabbed, immediately turned around, didn't know who it was, and got back into the ring and just stayed there <laughs> because it's just just rough. <clears throat> and amazing too, like I'm thinking back, no team doctor for when I can remember, no, no trainer no, really. Not Cindy Cato. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cindy Carter, you got a limb hanging off. <laughs> well, Cindy Carter can see your week this Thursday. <laughs> Make an appointment. <laughs> well, it reminds me for some reason for about Senior Banalis. Oh God, yeah. Yo, what a sweetheart he was. He, he was. Uh, uh, this this was an old time wrestler who. Um, he, he stayed in the business mainly because he spoke English mm-hmm. and uh, uh, tough guy in his day, you know, little short, stocky guy and um, just a funny, funny guy. I, I would I would always challenge him, you know, just, just messing around yeah. the locker room. And he said he would tell me, hey, we can do it here or we can do it upstairs. <laughs> if we do it here, it won't be the same thing. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> I remember he told me one time, you know what the problem is with this company? I said, what? He goes, too many foreigners. <laughs> yeah. I remember him be- being on the phone once and, and um, Norman the lunatic. lunatic yeah. um, Mike Shaw. Mike Shaw was there. So, so yeah, so so I wasn't actually in the office. I was outside the office and uh, uh, Pistol Pez Watley had called. So um, uh, he's talking to Adolfo and um, he keeps referring to him as, as, as Ted Bailey. <laughs> okay, Tez. Okay, Tez Bailey. Okay, just, just <laughs> send the pictures. <laughs> okay, just send the pictures. <laughs> Mike Shaw's like, no wonder nobody can get booked here. You can't get the names. <laughs> so many characters oh, like that, though. Like, uh, remember the uh, Rangel, the referee? Robert. Oh, Rangel. He was... He was um, he was one of the, 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 the most popular referees of all time because he used to ref like El Santos matches and, and Atlantis. I mean, all the way until the end of his life. And um, he, he would mess with me. He'd stick his finger in my ear or, or pull my mustache and then he'd run and hide behind Haku. <laughs> <laughs> and he challenged me, come on, baby, come on. Yeah, he spoke like, come on, baby. Come on, baby, come on. L- last night, how many women do you have? And then he'd make like a like a sex motion for three women. It's like one girl, two girl, three girl, like pumping his skinny little hips. I remember one time, he like, shut up, you bag of bones, yeah. you're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, he was he was he was hilarious. I actually have him film because what? Because once in a while, I'll, I'll watch some some of the old matches. He used to film some stuff. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about that later, <laughs> a lot later. <laughs> He wouldn't take crap from anybody. I mean, it doesn't. You, you were a young guy, big guy, over, you know, top guy. And uh, there, there was a match. It was me and I forgot who else. But Rayo was in the match. And now Rayo de Jalisco was always like a top face. And Rayo tried to tackle him and pull him down. And we come back from commercial break and you just see Rangel taking a, a swing at him with a kick. <laughs> He didn't care. <laughs> he, you know, he didn't care. He, he there was, was some great, great performers in Mexico. Oh, yeah. That people would, like, might be a little bit misinformed about Lucha Libre because you said it is very fast. But yeah. so there's some guys there. Solid guys. Was... Wagner, Silver King Tejano, Dandy, Blue Panther. Negro. Ne- Negro Casas. <laughs> um, I put him up there with Ric Flair. I agree. Har- Harley Race, Bret-, Bret Hart. I mean, he's a guy that I was his partner for about a year, and I would stand on the apron and just be fascinated with, with what he would do and how he would do it and how he would think. Mm. And I would get to just get caught up in just what, watching him, and he'd say, magic, and then, and then when he was shooting with me, he'd say, smiley! I said, okay, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Hold him down! I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but he was just incredible, incredible. And I remember you saying... Uh, in World Championship Wrestling when 
we wanted to bring, bring, bring him in. I think Eric Bischoff at the time said, we've got 15 Mexicans here already. And you said, you don't understand. This guy's completely different. This is Negro Casas. He's just, I've seen him make people cry, make them laugh. I mean, he's just amazing. And, and when you look at him, he looks like nothing. Yeah, he's just a normal, he, nothing, just, you small know, guy, no yeah, body. Nothing, nothing. You know what I mean? And he's still work, working and at a top level. He's still good. He's still I saw good. Matt Shedd last year. He's 10 years older than me, so he would have been 54, 55 at yeah, the time. Yeah. And he tore it up. He's amazing. He know? was, he was, um, he, I, I, I learned so much from, from him because uh, uh, he was generous. He would give me rights here and there. And like we all do as young young kids, you know, we have a match and the match is bad, and we're like, "Damn, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do this?" And damn, God, I feel so bad. And why? I just Smiley, shut up, <laughs> shut up. Don't worry. Tomorrow you have another match. Forget about it. And he was right. Yeah. You know, and we have you know students here. Um, he gave me that exact same advice, by the way. Exactly. And they go through the same. Oh, I should have done this. I said, first of all, you've been here six months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're gonna make mistakes, right? And guess what? You're gonna make a lot more mistakes. And there's no wrestler on the planet that will tell you that they've had a perfect match. Mm -hmm. So we all look look back because we all have egos. You know, say, oh, I could have done that better. I should have held on a little longer. I shouldn't have let go. I should have punched him hard or bigger. So. Yeah, Negro Casas. Uh, okay, Smiley. <laughs> okay. In fact, in fact, uh, his family heavy metal. Valino. Valino, yeah, and Tropic Casas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his dad. And, and they're all still around and active. Valino is the Tony, the Tony the Tiger. Tony the Tiger. Yeah. I remember we would go to because uh, Negro worked in the office as well. Yeah. But there would always be like a lineup of people to to see Paco. Yeah. And go straight in. Okay, fame. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have like a back room he of did. stairs or yeah he did he, he actually had like um it was almost like a stairwell it was like a cellar so you will go up through the front door speak to lupita <laughs> hi lupita como estas chris oh man paco yeah in 10 minutes so you sit there you're thinking okay i'm sitting right here he can't pass me <laughs> then two hours later she tells you, oh he's gone <laughs> Where do you go? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But he had his kayfabe stairs at the back. He would just leave, yeah. He would just leave, yeah. He would just leave. <laughs> I wouldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> they just show up at Arena Mexico just tanked. Yeah. Tell yeah. you how great you were. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about a mutual friend of ours in Mexico uh, that people don't know a lot about. And he made us laugh a lot. They're talking about Art Bar, Love Machine. Everyone knows Eddie Guerrero's legacy, uh, but Art was uh, actually he was better than Eddie at the time. I think everybody would agree with that. Art actually taught Eddie a lot about career charisma and personality uh, and such a shame they both passed away so young I miss both of them a lot but I want to tell people about Art Bar and before we share some of those funny stories sad stories I want to give a quick word of thanks to one of the sponsors who's making it possible for me to do this podcast twice a week for free for you and that's Bowl and Branch all right getting a great night's sleep is easier and more affordable than you think you don't need an expensive new mattress you don't need sleeping pills you just need to change them sheets man and that's where Bowl and Branch comes in Bowl and Branch sheets are made from 100% organic cotton which means they're super soft to start with and they get even softer over time and you're buying them directly from Bowl and Branch so you're basically paying wholesale prices for these super soft luxurious sheets and we all know how expensive luxury sheets can be I've seen them for as much as a thousand bucks in the stores that's so expensive but Bowl and Branch sheets just a couple hundred bucks, all right? And here's the better part. Shipping is free when you order. And even better, you can try these sheets in your home on your own bed for 30 nights. And if you don't love them, you can send them back for a full refund. 
no strings attached. But trust me, you're going to love these sheets. And if you order them now at bowlandbranch.com and use the promo code Jericho, you're going to get 50 bucks off your first set of sheets. So go to bowlandbranch.com, use the promo code Jericho. You'll save $50 on your first set of these amazing sheets. That's bowlandbranch.com. Use the promo code Jericho. Sleep like a baby in the most comfortable, softest sheets you're ever going to get in your entire life. Talking about bowlandbranch.com with the promo code Jericho. Save that money and get that sleep. Talk is talk is talk is Jericho. Let's talk about a mutual friend of ours sure. that um, that a lot of people don't know a lot about about our art bar. Our bar. Yeah. I mean, everyone yeah. knows the legacy of Eddie Guerrero. How yeah. great Eddie was. Yeah. You know, uh, passed away early. So did Art. Yeah. Art was the guy that was Art better than Eddie at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Art. Art was. Uh, Art was uh, second generation. Uh, his brother J- Jesse also wrestled, and Art was just a character. Art was. Once again, Mexico was a great le- learning experience. Just just me- meeting guys, you know, like yourself and Art Bar and Haku, Eddie Guerrero, uh, and and, ju- and just seeing how they thought about things, how they approached things, and Art was, Art. I, I think Art was one of those like uh, last of the carnies because if he could work it, he'd work work you. <laughs> and um, great work worker in the ring, loved to put himself over. <laughs> Oh brother, <laughs> there was twelve, there was fifteen thousand people there. Really, that's arena only holds eight. <laughs> no, the rest of them bought, bought tickets just to listen. <laughs> Remember you say stuff like that with the chewing tobacco. With the chewing, chewing tobacco. With a completely straight face. <laughs> no brother, you don't understand. <laughs> the little hanging from the rafters. Yeah, he was um, he was a great great guy and. Um, Imagine the pandemonium that we call living in the Plaza Madrid. It was me, you, him, Vamp. Uh, Tonga. Tonga, uh, Mondo. I think Hector was there. Chavo for a while. Ch- Chavo. Miguel Perez. Miguel Perez. That night we went out bowling together. Um, so- Halcyon bowling. <laughs> <laughs> I talked with Tonga about that last night. He remembers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told him I remember him just throwing an overhand Over, bowling ball. We're like Haku, don't hit us. Throw it that way. <laughs> like, and you next time you go bowling, try and pick it up because you're gonna throw <laughs> yeah. it over your shoulder. Just <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, um, so Art was a guy that um, you know he he had his issues, and um, but back then, especially to me, it was, it was so it was so much of a novelty because I was never experienced to that. You know, um, being trained by Malenko, then spending time in Japan. You, you know. The whole concept was you get to the ring and you, the, the arena, and you do your squats and you stretch and you do all this stuff. Whereas, you know, you, you went there and now you see something that was totally opposite. Guys smoking in the locker room and and drinking, and then um, and then Art came and then he had his, you know, uh, his his weakness. Once again, we were all rock stars at that time. Yeah. Whatever it was you're into, you yeah. could get it at the, yeah. at the yeah. blink of an eye. Yeah. So, I, I just didn't like what I saw, what it did to, to him. I, I think it was you and I that went to his, his place one, one night, and he was just zonked out of his mind, chewing tobacco all over his shirt, yeah. just stumbling around. And and I think I think his greeting was, "You two bastards don't have a home to go to," <laughs> because we went there late, knocking on his door. Yeah, looking for something to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're watching tapes. Yeah, and and I remember um, 
seeing him for for the last time because I think I think you had moved out and he he had lent you his key to his no, suite. No, I I had a smaller room. Smaller room, but he had, but yeah. he had a suite. Yeah, and the reason and just to go back to yeah. what we said earlier, you told me to ask to stay at the plaza because it was a nice place. Yes, yeah. But Art and Eddie had. And then I had a suite too. Yeah, a suite too. Yeah, two oh, floors. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I had the jobber room. You guys had the suite. So we went. So he 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 went to where at Portland, Portland and gave me a key and said yeah. if you ever want to come yeah. watch movies, yeah. which he had never done before. Yeah, it was ever. just so strange. It was just so strange and surreal because I remember being there and he's just out cold and and, and you and I are watching tapes and we're you know drinking and just having and Art's just you know just slouching the couch just out of it mm-hmm. and then uncharacteristic of him said to me Norman is there anything that you want back from the States because he was going home for Thanksgiving and uh, I said as a joke bring me back a pumpkin pie and he looked at me and goes okay and never saw him again it was um, I, I think I had moved out and I was living in a uh, in my apartment at the time and then I got a phone call from Conan and uh, and Conan told me he was dead I said and, it, and it's, it's weird because as human beings we always say well I just saw him last week well it only takes a second to die right right right, 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 right. <laughs> I said what do you mean what do you mean and um, yeah he's dead and I said how well you know they don't know and the speculation of this and that and I was like oh my god and so then I called um, I, I called Vamp he, he was an Acapulco at the time it was a Wednesday because we did Acapulco on a wet Wednesday night and and called him I don't know where you were I was at the plaza the plaza okay yeah and we didn't we go into his room well but you called me too yeah okay okay yeah and this was the first time that I'd ever had you know you have your grandparents die yeah. or whatever but it was the first time I'd ever experienced real death yeah and I remember when you called me I just I fell on the floor like yeah. I couldn't believe it yeah I'll it never was... forget you saying art's dead yeah saying like what yeah Yes, you know what? Yes, now I recall that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah so, it and then was, we did go to his room. Yeah, you know, just to hang out in there and and yeah, you know. But um, it was sad, and uh, it's, it's just a shame. I think over the course of the our careers, I'm not saying that that our our hearts become hardened to it, but but we've lost so many friends. Yeah, so many coworkers that you know maybe you weren't their the best friend, but you've you've crossed paths with them. Yeah, over the years and. Uh, it's just sad. It's just sad. Uh, um, I o- always think of um, the person who has to make the phone call to the parents, mm-hmm. or to the son, or mm-hmm. to the ch- children. I mean, you know, you know, your son passed away in a hotel room. How isn't it weird too? Is how uh, how you had the same experience that I had? Something very uncharacteristic. Yeah. Like him giving me the key to his room, yes, yeah. which he had never done. Just, yeah. And him asking you if you wanted yeah, back. Yeah. I almost wondered. Did he did he know? Did he, became, deep down inside. It, it, it no. was it was weird because like, like I said, Art was a worker. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would uh, he would invite me to go out to eat, and uh, and we'd go to the La Zona Rosa, right? It's a big party, a big bars party, yeah, bars and re- re- restaurant, and you know, we'd eat and drink and everything, and then uh, the check would come. Oh, I forgot my wallet. My Art, come on. <laughs> <laughs> or or his other one was I only have. Dollars. I don't have pesos. I said, "Well, I take dollars here too." <laughs> no, but the exchange rate's real bad. <laughs> you know. So. T- to me, when Art died, that was that was the end of, of Mexico for me. Yeah, yeah, I stayed a little longer, but yeah, the vibe changed. Yeah, Re- reality kind of hit, Change, yeah. and also the peso. The peso dropped, died like about dro- two weeks later. Dropped. Yes, it huge. Dropped. It dropped. I had money in the bank, and uh, it dropped. And somebody told me, "Oh." Don't worry about it. It'll just last a couple of weeks, and you know it'll, it'll go back up. 
Well, that was 22 years ago. (laughs) It went from, um, it was like, I'll get this wrong at first, but it was three dollars or like three to one for three yeah so if you had a thousand pesos yeah that would be 333 dollars yeah yeah then it switched to seven to one yeah so if you got a thousand pesos it'd be like 150 bucks yeah, yeah. It, it was horrible and i remember paco saying like there's nothing i can do i can't pay you more money Ex- exactly it's the same amount of pesos i had the same conversation with, with, with yeah. him and at that, that time that time was uh it was the end of 94 mm-hmm. in fact you and i were in um acapulco Remember we did that interview together? Right. Yeah, yeah. Which I still have. I, you do? I, I gave you a copy, right? I'm not sure. I'd like I to have see it. it. I have it. Yeah, it's, f- it's funny because we speak like 18 words of Spanish between us. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, and this, and this, and this, uh, and this interviewer, he's doing his best to stretch this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> and we're trying, but we don't know the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cuando luchas. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was it was at the end of 1994. I had been there for four years or four and a half years because I actually went went back later on for promo Azteca. And um, there was no money. The houses were going down. Uh, and I was miserable. I was miserable. And I remember doing a hair match with La Fiera. This is where you have a... A match and and the wage or the bet is whoever loses the match gets their hair shaved. So um, I ended up do, doing that in December of '94, which marked the end of the season because in, in Mexico, which I, right. I still think it happens, right? That that they have a season. The, the ice ice, the ice comes to ring. town or yeah, something. Yeah. So they closed the Arena Mexico for three months. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, and and then the houses on that were usually huge but uh even on that night it was just there was nothing there there was nobody there it was like a third full and um and i was just tired and it's strange i'm not sure if you've ever experienced this i was so concerned about getting hurt mm. i was just it's like every day I would, I would have these matches and 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 sometimes you're in there with with, with guys who can go and you want to accommodate them, you know, Tejano, Silver yeah, King, Wagner, those guys. Candy, yeah. And uh, and they want to do this. And they, okay, second, oh, second fall, this. Oh my God! But I was just, I was just, I just had this thing in my head that I was going to get hurt. You know, I mean, seriously hurt, because because my heart wasn't in it. So I, I just decided to uh, leave. But um, yeah. but uh, uh, Mexico was great. Yeah, like I said, at the time we were there, it was a boom. Yeah. And and I always Sean Morley came through. See, I was gone at that point. Yeah. Like, you know, to me, right after, because I think I, I lasted for another maybe year, but yeah. less time. Yeah. Because my last time was about 95. Yeah. And um, like you said, it's just like the kind of the the the, the vibe had changed. Yeah. But yeah. you you experienced the whole second birth in WCW. Yeah. With I was lucky there, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and when I say that, or when you say that I experienced it, I just happened to be at, at the right place at the right, right time. Because they were bringing in so many guys. Yes. And once again, you know, you mentioned Chris Adams. Well, he was there. And yeah. then this guy was Chris there. Adams was Smiley there. comes in, yeah. which is, yeah. it was great. Yeah. And you're just another guy on the roster for that a while. Was, that, was, um, that was an experience in itself. It was uh, to watch Vampiro and Conan grow, grow up and become like Elvis. I mean, literally, uh, girls chasing them and, and, and being in a car with Vampiro and the fans are rocking it back and forth. And I'm scared for my life that, that they're going to tip this car over and then go into World Championship Wrestling and, and witnessing the Goldberg thing and, uh, you know, Hall and Nash coming NWO, in. NWO. Yeah. NWO. And just, just everything everything just just magnified by 10 you know the houses and and uh, 
and we were working in domes. Remember, like the yeah. San Antonio dome, the Georgia dome. Six nitros in a row in domes, in domes, yeah. in domes, and St. Louis. It was it was just ridiculous. So, in the beginning, I would only come in for the uh, the shows that that we would do here in Orlando. Mm. At, at two weeks at, every three months, worldwide. Yeah, two weeks every three months. So this is a shout out to my friend. Billy Kidman, who once said to me, and he totally confused me, he said to me in front of, of, of some of the boys in, in the locker room, he says, who makes the most money here in this car company? And I'm thinking to myself, who makes the most money? I'm, I'm thinking, you know, who knows, you know, Sting, you know? And he goes, no, Norman Smiley and Sting, because Smiley only works once every three weeks, every three months, sorry, because <laughs> he's in Mexico doing absolutely nothing in pain. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you break out of the pack to become like the screaming smiley and the wiggle and all that? You stuff? know what's strange was that I, I was there and and I felt that I was a good hand, right? And, and I would have my matches and everything, but but nobody could care less. Mm -hmm. And um, and I remember talking to guys like Conan and uh, and Scott Hall, and saying, "Man, just be yourself," you know. And um, I remember I was watching the Martin Lawrence show once. And Martin Lawrence was talking to a fr friend of his, and he was saying how he was going to take this girl out, you know, for a date. And he emotioned like, you know, the wiggle, the wig wiggle thing, kind of like spank, spanking, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, so I chuckled at it. So I thought to myself, wow, if I'm chuckling at this, and it's really not that funny, but it was different. Um, let me try it. So I, I, I was working with with with, some, with somebody, and I slammed him. I said, stay down. And I just stood in front of the hard cam and I just said, bang, 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 bang. And placement notes, I think it was Nick Patrick was, was the referee. I saw him laughing at me and he turned away. <laughs> it's like, so afterwards, um, Terry Taylor, who, who was an agent there and is also now a tra trainer here at the PC, um, cornered me afterwards. Uh, he says, what were you doing out there? And I said, the first thing that came into my mind, I was riding a horse, <laughs> you know? So he said, uh, whatever it was, keep doing it, it's hilarious. Hmm. So then I learned to how to uh, incorporate it like physically in matches. I, I worked with uh, with uh, Chavo Jr. once, and one time he gave me a, it was like a spot, boom, 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 right in, in into the uh, the wheelbarrow. So in, instead of him, you know, jump, jumping up and giving me a bulldog, I just held him there. So he's in a pusher position while having his legs wrapped around my waist. <laughs> I, I think I think we we were in Ch Charleston, and the place went nuts. I mean, it was a, a bam, bow, 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 and Arn loved it. And Arn actually laughed, and Arn never laughed. Yeah, never. <laughs> yeah, that. ever. He never smiles. You know, damn smiley, <laughs> that big wheel's funny. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and then um, uh, when Russo and Ferrara came in, um, I was honored that they even knew who I was. So they requested to have a meeting, and, and they sat, sat me down, and they pitched this whole idea about me thinking I was the toughest guy in the world and, and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then they mentioned the dreaded word, the hardcore division. So um, at the beginning of the meeting, I was sitting upright, but as the meeting progressed, I'm just slouching down, right? <laughs> So, so Vince is saying, Vince Russo is saying, and Norman, you know, to top it off, we're going to dress you up in like football gear and hockey gear and this and that. Now I'm looking around for the camera. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, being punked. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. And this is what's going to make it successful. When you get hit, we want you to scream like a girl. 
I said, really? He said, yeah, trust me, it'll work. And Ed was there, and Ed's just shaking his head up and down vigorously. Yeah, it'll work, it'll work, it'll work. I'm like, oh, my God. So if you consider wrestling to be classical mu music, I think that I was classically trained by Dean Malenko and Joe and the father and everything and, and, and Gotch. So now I'm taking all this this wrestling ability and throwing it out of the w w window and standing there with headgear on, which I needed with knobs, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, and just throwing tables at each other and chairs and everything. And it was at the Target Center in Minneapolis. And once again, it was a tournament. And it was it was who, who was going to be decided to go on to the finals at the pay-per-view, which was called um, Mayhem in Toronto, Canada, November of 1999. Certain things I still remember. Yeah. And, uh, we're, and we're at the Target Center. And um, I'm wrestling Haku and Barb. Okay, and and they're working me around and everything, and I'm screaming. And I remember Haku leaning over and saying to me, "Brother, you over now? You over?" And he put 14 stitches in my back. <laughs> it's like Jaws. Yeah, I mean, right <laughs> yeah, here, right yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, he put 14 stitches in my back with a chair. Wow. With, and and <laughs> and believe me, his his intentions was not bad at all. In fact, yeah. in fact, he was extremely apologetic afterwards and. Uh, yeah, the, the the hardcore thing was a complete fluke, fluke to me. I was I was happy to have it because this is a job, right? Um, it's not all the time that that you have a, a regular nine to five that your boss is going to require you to do do something that you're going to like that task mm -hmm. and embrace it. You know, Norman, go and clean the toilets. Mm -hmm. You got to clean the toilets. You yeah. know what I mean? But working in that division um, exposed me to work, working with, with with an idol with. Terry Funk, which was just you know, <laughs> and it's, it's so strange because up until that point, I think I was I, I was working for about fifteen years, you know, Mexico and Japan and here and there. So I was seasoned, and um, and I just remember be, being in the back with Terry and him saying, "Okay, we'll do this, and maybe we we'll do this." Okay, you got that, Sonny? Yes, Mr. Funk. And I get in the ring, and the bell rings, and I just swallow. So, oh my God, that's Terry Funk over there. <laughs> He's I mean, kill me. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I was nervous. But once you're locked up and you've been moved around, you know. But yeah. but 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 he was just he was ahead of his time too. Mm -hmm. uh, with just, I recall watching him live uh, as a 15 year old kid at the Miami Beach Convention Center against Dusty and Steve Kern and Barry Windham, and uh, even then he was extremely unorthodox he'd throw chairs and take those weird bumps and yeah. swing at the fans and everything and it just seemed like in the blink of an eye you know 20 years later he's doing the same thing but now he's doing it towards me yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. but but what a nice man he's yeah. just a great great guy a legend uh, old school mm -hmm. and uh, has a ton of passion for the big business and um, a guy a guy that I, I looked up to as as a fan got to meet him and looked up and admired him even more which mm. is not the case with, with a lot of people that's true that's true <laughs> getting uh just getting ready to wrap up yeah uh, what, two more last questions if you had to pick one match that stands out as your favorite match you've ever had oof. uh oof, it'd be tough there, there was there was uh my first one in japan because i was so nervous it was a different style and, and so and so and so, so forth it was a guy called kazio yamazaki it was mm. june of 1988 <laughs> And then I had a match one time in Winnipeg. I, I think you were on the card. It was a hardcore match. It was uh, Nobbs, uh, Jerry Toot, and Fit. Uh -huh. And we laughed. So, I mean, it's, it, 
I'm surprised we didn't get fired that night. It was just it was just <laughs> hilarious. And then another time in Mexico, it was outside of Rina and it was raining and the canvas was a plastic can canvas. And and back then, which I still still do now, I, I used to wear my shooter boots and I was determined not to get, get them wet. Well, within five minutes, I soaked. <laughs> so I just went, I'm doing the breast drop down and I'm breaststroking. And, just embrace uh, it. Oh yeah, just you know, just splashing around and 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 I remember the referee coming up to me and said, "Magic, you you, you got to take this serious." I'm like, "We're in a we're in a swimming pool. <laughs> there's four inches of water on the mat, and there's a big hole in the middle." <laughs> so 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 it was uh it was it, it was hard to say. You know, one one of my first matches with with uh, Joe Malenko, uh, Dean's older yeah. brother, who's well accomplished. And um, six months in the business, so he's got me against the ropes, and uh, he says to me, "Rocket," and I'm like, "Ah!" Uh, and, and he and he just slaps me, he just just slaps me. I was, "Oh God, I messed that spot up." So, you know, we have the match and everything, and um, you know, everything goes well, and we get in the back, and uh, says, "Joe, thank thank you," because for those of you who don't know, Joe's the real deal. He yeah. was he was Carl Gotch's top student ne next to. Uh, uh, a kid from Japan called Minoru Suzuki, Suzuki who's still yeah, going, yeah. who's an animal. Yeah, had to fight him off of me for twenty minutes. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I said, Joe, thanks for the match and everything. I said, uh, Joe, uh, just one thing. Your dad never taught me that rocket spot. What? What is that spot? He goes, I didn't say rocket. I said block it. <laughs> <laughs> so every time he sees me, he calls a hey, rocket. <laughs> 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 yeah, you mentioned before uh, some of your students that have made it to the top in yes. Roman Reigns and, yes. and Corbin. Which prospects are here in this in the in the? Ooh, we we we've got a lot of guys. Uh, the tag team division is deep. Uh, American Alpha Revival. The Divas are deep, or the Ladies are deep. Mm -hmm. um, Sasha Banks has gone up. Bailey, Carmella, Oscar. Um, it's, she's, yeah, she's it's just awesome too, it's yeah. just so much t talent here. She was trained by actually Ujiwara. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and uh, I've I've rolled around the the ring with her a little bit and just okay, that's enough. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so and and uh, and having Nakamura here, um, he's something I, else. I, I think I think once in a while you come across a performer and he just has that it for fact factor mm. you know he doesn't have the greatest body mm -hmm. you know um he doesn't do a lot of things but he's captivating to watch mm -hmm. and um um a very cool guy and uh, i predict he's going to be a huge star yeah. huge huge star um when kenta gets back healthy you know his his he has too, a yeah. ton of potential mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's well, it's, it's great to see that you're doing so well here and you yep. deserve it, man. Like I said, no one ever said a bad word about you. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> last, uh, last question. Cuando luchas, Mike? Cuando lucha. Thanks to Norman Smiley, Black Magic, for all the great laughs and stories. His laugh is actually infectious. And thanks for giving us a real behind-the-scenes look at the NXT Performance Center. The place is unreal. Give you everything you need to succeed in pro wrestling, including great trainers and instructors like Norman with a wealth of experience. Uh, such a great personal guy. Everyone loves him now, especially the I know the, the ladies love Norman because he's super charming. All right, But big thanks to Norman and thanks to all of you who are supporting Talk is Jericho by doing your online shopping through my Amazon links. You can find my Amazon links at podcast one.com uh, you can find them all there uh, just click on the killer deals button on the top right corner of the page then hit the talk is jericho button i got them links for the usa uk canada a every time you use the talk is jericho amazon links the amazon kicks back a small percentage of the show to help us cover production costs 
buy anything you can think of on Amazon. No extra fees or hidden charges. Once again, podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. And hit the Talk is Jericho button. You'll also find all my great sponsors on there as well. DDPyoga.com slash Jericho. Get 25% off all DDPY merch. And when you buy a max pack or a combo pack, you get a second one for 50% off the price that's already 25% off. Don't forget Loot Crate. Sign up for the WWE Slam Crate now at LootCrate.com slash talk. Use the promo code talk to get $3 off your order. So much fun to get those Loot Crates and find out what's inside. Every month is a different, uh, different selection of products, t-shirts, dolls, figures coloring books uh everything you can think of is all in there it's a it's a it's a fun it's a fun it's a fun present to give to anybody who loves the wwe then there's nature box go to naturebox.com slash jericho to get 50 percent off your first order the best most nutritious snacks you can have bowl and branch go to bowl use the promo code jericho you get 50 bucks off your first set of the softest uh, comfiest sheets you're ever going to have then there's geico true car all those great sponsors here, and please go check them out. And don't forget to check out on March 15, 2017. It's the biggest podcast ever. When Mick Foley joins Talk is Jericho, the countdown rolls on just 67 days and counting. We've been talking about this for a year. And speaking of big podcasts, Beyond the Darkness, the latest addition to the Jericho Network and Podcast One, is a blockbuster hit right out of the gates. The first two episodes were all about the super creepy black-eyed kids, and the episode that just came out Monday is an investigation into the sinister shadow people. Dave Schrader and Tim Dennis have a couple great guests on to talk about these things, the shadow people. You want the lights on for this one, go check it out hit subscribe at itunes if you haven't already leave beyond the darkness a five-star rating and review and hit subscribe for all the jericho network shows when you got when you're out there We've got the hilarious Team Tiger Awesome show, Pop Culture Humor at its Finest, with Monday Truly Engage. New episodes are out every Sunday. They did a great Christmas episode this past Sunday, The Battle of Christmas Icons, No One's Off Limits, Santa Claus, The Grinch, John McClane from Die Hard. Check it out. It was very funny. I was laughing my behind off. And those Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus dropping on Tuesday. Get your PhD in wrestling with two of the most brilliant minds in pro wrestling. Great discussion of today's biz. Tell fantastic stories from the days working together all over the world in ECW. Uh, Shane Douglas from ECW was their guest the last couple weeks. Always an always a outspoken guy. And then, of course, the flagship show, the hugest hit on uh, the Jericho Network, Keeping It 100 with Conan every Thursday. Disco Inferno, Conan, KG, bringing the opinions, the funny, the feuds. Uh, they had some great, great talk about uh, the presidential election and from Chael Sonnen as well. So check all that stuff out. And thank you so much for listening. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next. And this Friday... Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Cheap Trick is going to be here. Uh, the founder, guitar player, songwriter Rick Nielsen and his son and the new drummer of Cheap Trick, Dax, will be here talking about all things Cheap Trick, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, John Lennon, what it's like being in a band with your dad, the dream police, I want you to want me. Your mama's all right. Your daddy's all right. He just seems a little bit weird. Yeah, boy. Said, yeah, boy. And don't give yourself a yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. All right, we'll see you next Friday for Cheap Trick right here on Talk is Jericho. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. On the next Beyond the Darkness, Rosemary Ellen Guiley and Heidi Hollis join us as we examine some sinister intentions. Invasion of the Shadow People. The new episode is available starting January 2nd on the Jericho Network on the Podcast One app or subscribe at iTunes or podcastone.com.